Grace and mercy and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson, the light of the world that comes and shines. And I have to let you know that uh, when I was in school, I really liked math and history. Because I like subjects that were straightforward, right? When you do history, there's dates, there's places, there's people. You can memorize lists. It's, it's really straightforward. These things happen, and you learn about them. And I like math because they're equations, right? There's only one answer. Two plus two is four, no matter what else you do. And if you make a mistake and you get a wrong answer, you can go back and find out what went wrong. I didn't really care for English, especially like creative writing or poetry symbolism and all that stuff, trying to figure out the interpretation. That was always a struggle for me. So when I come to the scriptures, it's no surprise that I kind of gravitate to the historical books. I like the Gospels and the history that's in the Old Testament. It's clear and straightforward. It really is work for me to, to understand the symbolism and the prophecy and the poetry and all the rest. That's why I was fascinated by today's text. Because today's text has it both, Right? There's prophecy in it, in the gospel lesson, imagery of light and dark. But there's also historic fact, right? Jesus going from place to place, calling James and John, Peter and Andrew to come and be disciples. And what I like about it is it takes this symbolism of light and dark and fleshes it out. As Matthew records it for us, he tells us what that dark looked like to the people of the day. It isn't just a symbol, it's a reality. The same is true of the light. As Jesus makes his journey, Matthew tells us what that light looked like to them. And that's how we're going to approach this text today. We're going to look at the prophecy, see, see the image that our Lord places before us, but then we're going to see the reality behind that image, the reality at the time of Christ, of darkness, and the reality of the darkness of our life. But even more, we're going to see the light that shone on those people and the light that shines upon us. But again, Matthew starts with a, a prophecy, right? The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee and the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And that picks up on the imagery that we see throughout Scripture, this imagery of darkness and of light. And it's an imagery that, that Isaiah makes clear that this darkness represents death. And he speaks about this land that, that's north of Jerusalem that really is a land of death. And, and historically, it kind of was. It was a land above Jerusalem that had a world power to its east, a world power to the southwest, and guess what? They're in the middle. And so when those world powers clash, what happens? They get overrun. They get trampled. Time and time again, they are conquered. A land of death. But there's also a spiritual darkness in this land. Keep in mind, Naphtali and Zebulun were tribes of Israel. They were descendants of Abraham. They were heirs of God's promise. And yet, this is a region in which the people rejected God's promise, turned away. And as they're overrun and other nations come in, they start following the gods of other nations. They were spiritually dark. And again, when we think about the way that this world was, we can see some parallels in our life today. Is there darkness in our world? Is there death, devastation, destruction? We see it all around, right? Locally, nationally, internationally. It's spiritually dark, is it not? The world's going in its own direction. And we're reminded that the people of Jesus' day needed light. 
What do the people of today need? They need light. And that's what we see in the rest of this gospel lesson. It says how the light comes. But, but first, let's recognize what the darkness was like for those people. As Matthew describes this area that Jesus entered, we see him talking about people who were diseased, epileptics, paralytics, all those types of things. And the darkness is there in the disease, in the infirmities, the afflictions that, that humanly speaking, could not be cured. Afflictions that, that people had to deal with day by day. And, and all these diseases, all these afflictions, point to death, do they not? Because they speak about the body in decay, that, that's not operating the way it should. And so there was the darkness of death, but there was also a spiritual darkness. Matthew talks about demon possession, or even it's stated in some of the translation, demon oppression, that the people are, are doing a battle, and it reminds us that Satan and, his, and, his, and his, uh, those on his side were, were at work. And in their activity, wherever their activity is, there's unbelief, there's doubt, and ultimately despair. They were a people in need of light. And are we not a people in need of light? Darkness touches our day lives, does it not? Day by day. We can think about the darkness of illness, of afflictions. Do you deal with any? Some deal with it on a daily basis. You can think again about the description that we heard uh, that are still today paralytic, epileptic. There are other afflictions that aren't listed here, right? Diabetes, arthritis, dementia. We can go on and on. The aches and pains of growing old. Are we not ones who face these, this same darkness of disease, of sickness, of illness? Does it not point to death? That the body, our bodies don't work the way that they are intended. They're reminders of the limitations that, that we suffer. We are in darkness. And not only do we see that darkness, but we see spiritual darkness. Now that's easy to see in the world, right? You see in the world those who have rejected completely God, His Word, His will, and really have no care for what God would say or what God direction God would give. But there's also spiritual darkness in us, isn't there? Isn't there a temptation for us to go against God's Word? Aren't you at times tempted to do things that you know are wrong? No, clearly stated against God's word, and yet we're tempted, and not only are we tempted, how often do we give in? And when we do, what do we receive? Do you get frustrated with yourself? Is there guilt? Is there shame? That's the burden of spiritual darkness, isn't it? Shame, guilt, doubt, can even leave us to despair. This is why we need the light. And this is the light that Christ comes and brings. We see it in our text. The beauty of our text is it describes how light is brought to these people in darkness. It starts out simply by Matthew saying that Jesus went into Galilee. And then continued on later, he began to preach saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That, that the Lord is shining the light of life upon the people. He's bringing the kingdom of God to them. And he demonstrated that in, in his power as, as he heals every disease and every affliction among the people. The light was coming to take away the darkness. 
And he takes away first the spiritual darkness, right? He drives out the demons. And as he does, does he not point to what he would do on the cross to defeat Satan and all his forces, that he would conquer them once and for all? And as he heals the diseases, is he not pointing to the victory that he would have over death itself by rising from the grave? That he's come as the light to overcome all the darkness. He came to bring light and life, and that's precisely what he did. He brought light and light directly to the people. He healed and he drove out demons. But he also preached. Again, that's what he begins with, right? Matthew begins with. He began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He proclaimed victory. He brought people to repentance because in his kingdom is forgiveness. In his victory is the removal of sin and guilt and shame. And he offered that to the people of his day. He preached repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that the light of Christ had come to them, and they are forgiven. And that's the light that comes to you today. The light that overcomes the darkness. He offers to you the light of victory. He has captured sin. He has conquered sin. He has conquered death. And now, we don't have to give in to the despair or the darkness of the world. Again, that overwhelming darkness of guilt and shame is removed. Your sin has been forgiven. There's no one left to accuse you. There's no burden to carry. Christ has carried that for the cross. You are in the light of Christ. You are forgiven. And in your sickness and affliction, he brings healing. Now, again, he doesn't restore us the way we always want in the way that we would have it done. But he reminds us that whatever the affliction, it's not the final word. There is a healing that is coming. A healing that is eternal. And as we wait for that healing, our Lord is there every step of the way, shining the light of his love, shining the light of peace, shining the light of patience. He he brings those things to us so that we don't live in darkness. We live in light. We live in love. We live in life. And we enjoy all that God has given us because we belong to him and will always belong. I mentioned at the beginning that I kind of went toward math and history, and, and that really fits with the ministry, right? Well, well, maybe not the math part. I can't remember the last time anyone asked me in my ministry to solve an algebraic equation. But the history part is, right? Our faith, my ministry, is, is built on history, an historical fact, a, a day in which Jesus died and a day in which Jesus rose. It's history, it's reality. God intervened into history. And your relationship is based on history. Not only that the history of his death and resurrection for you, but the history of his coming to you. On a certain day in the water and the word, he joined himself to you. It's, it's part of history. And he continues to intervene into history. He made an appointment with you today, this morning at 8 o'clock. He said he would be here. And he is. He comes in history to bless you with his love and his forgiveness and, and we have a God who is there to shine his light upon us. He shines it today, tomorrow, and he will shine it upon you forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith, to life everlasting. Amen.